If you're just tuning in to Civic Cipher, I am your host, Ramses Jobbik. Shout out to my man, Q Ward, who is out and about. He is a man on a mission and he is out changing the world, but he will be back soon. And we are going to get back to rocking in the free world for you. Today, I'm joined by the one and only Dr. Dr. Ticolo, a sustainability scientist who has chosen to sit in with us to warn us to take decisive action to um, promote sustainability and to combat climate change. And so she and I are going to be having some more conversations, particularly with respect to um, kind of what's at stake and really what we can do about that. So if this is something that interests you, please stick around. If this is something that doesn't interest you, please get out of the way because mm -hmm. it seems like we got a whole lot of work to do. Um, but first and foremost, we are going to discuss B-A-B-A, -B -A, Becoming a Better Ally, BABA. Today's BABA is sponsored by Unknown Union, the fashion house situated at the intersection of meaning, innovation, and culture. More info, check unknownunion.com. All right, um, I'm going to be reading from CNN, but first I got to ask you a question. Did you know that human and pet hair can be used to clean up oil spills? Um, I know that th this isn't a decidedly black thing but since this is what we're talking about and there's ways to help black people our hair curls up and we can definitely d donate here um, but everybody can donate um, basically a, a hairstylist got the idea of using hair to soak up oil after seeing how oil stuck to the fur of wildlife and turns out it works all right i read from cnn in 1989 alabama-based hairstylist philip mcrory had designed a prototype device used to that used hair to soak up oil, which was tested by NASA and found to function well. Together, San Francisco-based nonprofit Matter of Trust and McRory developed booms and mats made from human and animal hair. Everyday salons, pet groomers, and individuals send hair cuttings to Matter of Trust's San Francisco warehouse. The packages are checked for contaminants such as debris, dirt, or lice. Then the hair is separated, spread over a frame, and run through a custom-built felting machine to make the mats used to soak up the oil spills. It takes uh, 500 grams of hair to create a two foot square, uh, one inch thick mat, which can collect up to 1.5 gallons. Um, and if you wanna learn more about this, you can visit matteroftrust.org. Uh, the fact of the matter is that there's a lot of things that we're gonna to need to do to uh, make a lot of changes. Um, as we mentioned earlier in the show, a lot of times black and brown communities bear the brunt of you know the worst of climate change and environmental disasters etc and this is a small thing that you can do to help out once again matteroftrust.org moving on now let's talk about sustainability dr Takola. now um when we were talking uh before the show um you know you, sh you sent me a text and you says hey um we need to really get the word out about all these things that are going on in the country these uh these storms and fires and so forth and you also texted me something that stood out you said um it's gotten really bad and there's a lot at stake so let's talk about what's at stake uh i'd say what's at stake is our future and its ability to live um on this planet um and so what we're seeing is as the hotter it gets um what will change is like agriculture zones so for example in the united states we have the bread basket if the bread basket moves up to canada because of the heat and um the temperature the increased uh temperature 
then then we no longer have we're no longer a wheat exporter we're no longer it, it creates huge national security huge economic implications um but uh more importantly i would say you know like the risings of the tides which you know the ocean will continue to rise as the glaciers continue to melt um which means that the coasts will not yeah, be florida safe is gone, yeah. florida is underwater yeah. parts of california are underwater and uh new york and when we're looking at this these are the most populated places in the world is the coast and so if the coasts go underwater we're talking about mass evacuation mass and you know who gets left behind poor people and that oftentimes means our communities and so um not not to mention uh, you know like how are we going to grow food where are we going to get water here in arizona arizona nevada and uh southwest california um so uh we all get our water specifically vegas um phoenix and la get um a huge component and phoenix is 40 percent of our water from lake mead which is the water from the colorado river behind hoover dam lake mead is we're about to run out i was yeah. just there a few weeks ago and i saw the impact and you know i was just there 10 years ago and to look at the difference in 10 years you shouldn't be able to see that for, for, for folks that haven't been up there, because um, I, I was just up there recently myself, and you can see the water line. You can see how much water is gone. And yeah. as someone who's lived here and gone to Vegas since I was, let's call it the past 20 years, um, I'm used to seeing that water line at or approximately at the normal level. And now it's so far gone. Yeah. It's really scary. So for folks who don't, don't make it to this side of the country, you know, it's important for you to know that. Um, this is not an exaggeration. Yeah. We're not making this up. Phoenix, LA, Las Vegas. Can you imagine if these cities ran out of water? Oof. And we're talking about this is our reality in the next five to 10 years yeah. if we do nothing. And in fact, it's actually going to be sooner. If by 2025, we don't do something, that means we'll lock in and basically by 2030, there will be past the yeah. point of return and that's the thing about climate change and that's actually when you look at human psychology we tend to procrastinate about things that aren't directly in front of our face so yeah. you know if it's a slow boil like they say in a frog with frogs right you put a frog in a boiling pot they're going to jump out but you turn up the heat slowly and you can yeah. willingly cook them and yeah. that's literally what's happening to to us in this world uh, so one of the things um, is that the IPCC, uh, which is the International Panel on Climate Change, these are the best scientists from around the world that put out um, reports every year. And they have in 2019, they said that 2030 is our tipping point. And if we do not peak carbon emissions um, by 2030, that will be the point of no return. So we um, only have seven years left really to um avert the most uh avert this crisis as we know it and if we don't by 2030 then we really have to start looking at how do we survive the apocalypse mm -hmm. but we're already starting to feel that like i said like the southwest water future is not is not guaranteed and what we're seeing is that instead of you know um you would think lake mead drying up would be enough if you know the southwest running out of water would be enough for behavioral change and what we're seeing is not that for example um we're in tier two shortage of water which is the federal government is telling the southwest they have to come up with plans to reduce their water and recently when um uh, 
they had um until like this spring to come up with plans and nevada and arizona were teamed up and were like we have a plan tell california to cut all the water and california was like wait 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 hold up you know like that's not fair um so we're not actually being solution oriented yeah, we're not being realistic. conducive um you know we have people like christian cinema that be like i don't like that california gets more water than arizona and it's like this isn't that's beside the point yeah. okay well let's not debate who gets more let's actually talk about about how do we change our behavior sure. so that we avert this crisis of the Southwest, you know, having to evacuate. Right, right. Now, there's something, that, there's two things that you said. And I know we're kind of focused a little bit on the Southwest right now, but I think that that kind of shows uh, that mentality that you described, that people are not really taking it seriously. So if you don't live in the Southwest, bear with us for a minute. Um, you mentioned the breadbasket and how there are fiscal implications um, and potential food insecurities if, you know, we don't combat this issue right now, right? So now we're talking about people's money and money typically makes people, it makes their ears perk up, right? Uh, or if we're talking about food security, you know, those are things that people might worry about because it doesn't matter how much money you have if you can't eat, if you can't eat them dollars, trust yeah. me. So, um I want, I want us to hold that in one part of our minds. The other part of our minds, I want us to imagine, you don't really have to imagine because it's a real thing, but in the same state, you mentioned uh, Kirsten Cinema in the state of Arizona, where there is a water uh, shortage and a water crisis, let's be honest, let's call it what it is. Um, they're actively building a water park. You read about this, right? Yeah. 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 So um, you can see how the intersection of corporate interests and sustainability, um, it, that, that the alarming kind of intersection typically falls on deaf ears when it comes to politics, yeah. because politicians require money to remain in office. And then the money comes with favors and strings attached and so forth. And then we, the people end up paying the price for it. And again, we've, we've talked a bit about uh, poor people, you know, bearing the brunt of this. But the fact of the matter is that there's a lot of people that live in the Southwest in Vegas and in Southern California and in Arizona. And for a second, let me just mention this for people that think that just because California is on the ocean, that they're going to be fine. It doesn't work that way. Yep. There's, we need fresh water that we're yeah. not, we're not saltwater creatures, but anyway, um, I just wanted to make sure that I interjected that because um, people really need to understand the mentality of our elected officials so that we know how to hold them responsible yeah. for our lives and the, and the future of our planet and the future for our, our, our babies. It's funny before the show you were um, you know, you saw my, my son, you know, in the studio and you know that I definitely want a world for him to grow up in and have his own children. And so I'd imagine that most people feel the same way. So, yeah, definitely. And I think when you talk about the politicians mentality, it's just ego and greed and it's ego to the point of, you know, um, uh, it can really cause us to um for us all to die because these sure. people thought they were they could put a water park on at a two, tier two shortage it's yeah. just at this point it's like how can you be so arrogant yeah. um but as you can see it's also um and this is part of my research and why i connected decolonization and climate change because it's this type of colonial thinking of this 
man over nature of this domination over nature just like dominating over people of color and it's this belief that oh we can just solve it and so what we hear from a lot of the republican legislature from a lot of people is like oh we got the ocean we can just desalinize well the problem with desalinization is it's incredibly expensive mm -hmm. right now we're paying cents per gallon when you look at desalinization we're going to be spending dollars per gallon mm -hmm. and some people the rich might be able to afford that but what happens to people who can no longer afford water because that was the plan desalinization not to mention that a lot of these plants break not to mention in states like arizona we don't have a coast and they're talking about we're just going to make a deal with mexico like we don't have the greatest relationship with mexico sure. have you <laughs> actually talked to them you can't bank our future on these you know political is. negotiations that haven't even been started sure. so um it is scary um but i also want to talk about the other side you know one of the things that i've heard criticism of of climate activism is that you know they say martin luther king had a dream but climate activists only describe the nightmare the nightmare of the future right um and so we also have to look at the bright side the possibility of opportunity okay. um naomi klein has a book called this changes everything and and really climate change does change everything but instead of looking at it like oh what are we going to do this is so terrible we can look at an opportunity this is an opportunity to address um existing inequities address redlining address all of these issues our communities mm -hmm. already had yeah. if we really look at the opportunity and so there's two important bills that actually passed okay. um the Inflation Reduction Act and the Jobs and Infrastructure Bill. Both of these unlock billions of dollars that go into one green jobs, which on average green jobs pay more than oil jobs. They're healthier. They don't have as much um, toxic exposure. Uh, and then they also oftentimes are union jobs that don't require a college degree. Okay. And so these are, this can actually have a material benefit to our communities. And when you look at oil versus uh, renewable energy, since we have to build the, the infrastructure for renewable energy, they make three to four jobs per every one job in the oil industry so when we talk about the jobs versus uh environment false dichotomy well if we want to play that game renewable energy creates more jobs sure. and so with these two bills they really um unlock all sorts of possibilities now in particular another important thing is biden had passed what's called justice 40. it's an executive order which says that 40 percent of these environmental and uh similar social bills have to 40 percent of that funding has to go to communities of color okay. and so when we look at the inflation reduction act that's 370 billion dollars this is bigger than the new deal and 40 percent of that has to go to our communities okay. so when we look at the decades of disinvestment the inflation reduction act if we seize the opportunity if we hold government accountable if we get our cities to apply for this funding if we get our communities to apply for this funding we we could really transform our cities you know and it will uh, be an opportunity to change these historical inequities and so i also think that we should talk about the possibilities if we address uh, if we have what they call a just transition where we make sure no one's left behind it can actually put communities of color on a better um outlook in the future okay okay now i want to circle back to that in just a second because i feel like you can give us some pretty uh, profound advice in terms of what we individually can do. Um, you have studied, you've seen it all, you know it all. Most folks are, they wake up, they go to work, they 
get their kids from school, they go home. And like you said, it's, it's such a far away problem for most people. Um, but because you've seen it and because you know what can be done and what happens if we don't, I'd love to get your advice for the every man and every woman, um, or every person, I should say that, uh, uh, like what they, what we can do in our in our immediate lives beyond recycling and you know whatever. So first, before we get there, I do want to share something uh, that I got from Vox. Okay, um, so Vox.com record heat, uh, normal, it's hot, hot, hot. All right, that's from Laura Ingram on our Fox News show. After all, we're in the middle of a season called summer. Now the thing is, she was being facetious. You know, she was just she was like, "Oh, everybody's complaining about it's hot. It's summer, right?" She's not understanding, um, or she's trying to make light of the fact yeah. that it is a record-breaking July, the hottest July on record. Anyway, um, the fact checks suggest that more than three thousand temperature records were shattered in the U.S. for the month of July alone. Something scientists say would be virtually impossible without human-caused climate. Okay, let's go to forest fires. Um, Nature naturally burns itself off every 11 years with natural disaster forest fires. This comes from Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, who's a Republican from Oklahoma. This is a forest fire. All right, now let's fact check him. Uh, it says the severity of wildfires, such as the historic blazes in Canada this year, are fueled by complex conditions, including forest management and drought primed by climate change. Okay. All right, so let's go to the stronger hurricanes. All right. Just a part of life. Uh, this is something that is a fact of life in the sunshine state. This comes from Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. He said this in a Fox News interview. Um, he goes on to say, I've always rejected the uh, politic politicization. Is that, did I say that right? Politicization, that's what it says. Of the weather. Um, but the fact check suggests that Climate change drives the warming of ocean waters, which provide fuel for more devastating hurricanes and typhoons. All right. So let me go on to the next one here. More Americans are impacted by climate change. 62% of all voters recognize climate change is caused by human activity, um, according to a Gallup poll from this spring. Yet climate change denial is not only alive and well in the GOP, it's become a lot more insidious and polarizing, said John Cook, a University of Melbourne researcher who has tracked the path of climate disinformation online using artificial intelligence. The GOP's only climate policy is actually bad for the environment. When Representative Bruce Westerman, who was a Republican from Arkansas, first proposed the Trillion Trees Act in 2020, environmentalists said the bill would significantly increase logging across America's federal forests, convert millions of acres into industrial tree plantations, increase global carbon emissions, increased wildfire risk, and harm wildlife and watersheds. The idea was a wolf in sheep's clothing effectively giving loggers more allowances as long as they planted seedlings, which are decades away from delivering climate benefits. But the GOP has come to champion this idea as their climate plan. So it's important to know that um, there are people who may even pretend to care about this issue, and they may put something together that sounds good. Trillion trees, if that's what you name it, it sounds great. A trillion more trees, hey, we're good, right? Um, but when you peel back a couple of layers, you know, as I mentioned, um, it's really just expanding logging and 
they they do want to plant more trees, but it's just not realistic because we, the benefit of those trees, we're going to sink a lot further before we get the benefits of those. And right now we need to be climbing out of the ditch. We sink any further that we may hit that point of no return that you mentioned. So um, we got a couple of minutes left. I do want to uh, ask you what, again, what is it that sort of the every person can do with the information that we've discussed on today's show? So uh, a few things. I'm not going to talk about individual actions because, frankly, I think we're beyond that. Okay. For me, the individual actions I take is more of part of my personal ethic sure. um, and helps me be conscious of of the environment that I'm in. Sure. But really, when we look at we need we need political action. And so when we think about voting, when we think about talking to our legislature, we need to make climate the number one issue. Okay. We need to make sure that our politicians realize that if they're going to be an ostrich with their head in the sand if they're gonna be the emperor has no clothes and talk about like oh climate change doesn't exist meanwhile communities in alaska are already having to be relocated because they're melting yeah um you know so you can't really deny that and if you do again like you have to you can't be seen as a political politically feasible and so we have to make that reality right uh we need to strengthen our democracy by ensuring that communities, um, that politicians know that this is uh, one of our core issues. And then, you know, there's other things that you can do in terms of like ensuring, you know, like uh, ensuring that we hold corporations accountable. Um, and there's a lot of different ways that we can do that. There's a lot of different organizations, whether like the Sunrise Movement or um other groups like Extinction Rebellion, um, we really need to hold these corporations accountable. And actually on uh, September uh, 17th, um, which is during Climate Week in New York, there's going to be a huge mass protest. I'll be there. Um, if you're in New York, you should you should be there if you're in the area. Um, and we're really trying to, again, hold our politicians responsible, let corporations know no more. But it's really important for us to be aware. So increase our awareness and then also also make sure that we're holding our governing and, and corporations accountable. Well, that is sound advice. Um, I appreciate you coming to share that with us. Uh, obviously, this is this is the most important issue. It doesn't matter who's black and who's white and whatever, if there's no planet and we, we can't survive on it. So, um, you know, vote accordingly. I like that advice. Um, if you feel so inclined Please, you know, share any ways that people can connect with you um, virtually, social media, anything like that, or any sort of websites that people can go to to get some more information. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, a few different ways. Um, if you are um, if you want to connect with me personally, my Instagram is Dr. Sarah Tacola. Um, if uh, you're interested in, I am an environmental justice consultant. My company is Adisa Lim Consulting. So I help um, organizations improve their environmental justice analysis. Um, and then uh, finally, I think just like I said, um, make sure that you pay attention and get involved in what's happening in your neighborhood. All right. And until next week, y'all. Peace.